It's 4 o'clock on a Monday. You know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! My love is hot. Yeah, baby. Hello, everybody. How are you guys? Good to see you. Welcome back to the big show. Today, we are going to do Taxi Top 10. Listen to some music from our members. Yahoo! A lot of yahoos today. Um, also, going to give away, let's see, there we go, going to give away a copy of <laughs> Robin Frederick's amazing book, Shortcuts to Hits Songwriting. Yay! Um, don't forget to remind me later in the show, because you guys know I have forgotten to give some books away from time to time. Um, hello, Kate Battersby, thanks for this great opportunity to recalibrate the ears. Uh, you missed me? Where was I, Arena? <laughs> anyway, um, gotta say, I was working late last night on road rally preparation. Uh, a lot of that getting done this time of year. And I'm feeling so good about it. Don't forget, Taxi's annual convention, the road rally, is coming up in like, what, five, six, seven weeks, I think? Um, November 3rd through the 6th. Thursday evening, the 3rd, is where you pick up your badge at registration and hang out and get to meet people, all that good stuff. And an open mic and a live jam, um, which la or in 2019 was a big success. So we're doing that again. Um, panels are on the 4th, 5th, and 6th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Classes on the 4th, 5th, and 6th. One-to-one -one mentoring on Friday and Saturday, the 4th and the 5th. Um, the eat and greet luncheons, which we will announce pretty soon. But I was working on the panels last night. And... So everything that's got a green, oh, the green's not showing up because of the green screen. Anyway, um, yeah, first you have to come up with what the panels are. Then you have to think about who's going to be on the panels. Then you have to think about when the panels are going to be. So they line up with the classes. Then you have to find out, reach out to three, four, five panelists, and inevitably after you've talked to three or four of them, the fourth or fifth person will say, oh, I'd love to do it. But I can't do it on Friday at 3 o'clock. However, I could do Sunday at 2 o'clock. And then you have to rejigger everything. So uh, most of the rejiggering is done at this point. And now it's time for me to send out the big confirmation emails to everybody. One more minor round of rejiggering, I'm sure, because that's the way it always goes. But um, it, it's going to be really, really good. I'm kind of proud of it, must say. Uh, and don't forget, this year, after the road rally, we're going to do two days of probably eight hours a day of sequels, um, which will be much like Taxi TV, but different topics, panels, maybe some listening sessions thrown in there. So for those of you who can't make it, you'll at least be able to get some uh, road rally experience via the lovely internet. Live, I might add. Um, haven't figured out what the sequels are yet, but I will. There are a couple. There's one in particular that I'm dying to repeat from last year. And I can't remember his name. Mark, he did a thing on orchestral composition for film and TV. Why can't I not remember his last name? Anyway, I was blown away by that. He's the only person I know that talks faster than I do. And he doesn't see so articulate and delivers such great information. Anyway, I'm going to reach out to him and ask him if he minds if I just repeat that. Because I know he put a lot of effort into the video. Um, 
Stephen Memel, how are you, Steve? Great to see you. Uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, let's start listening. Oh, I've got a little treat at the end of today's show. There's a French artist named Gilbert Montagnier. Uh, I met him in 1979, and I ended up uh, engineering and producing three songs, I think, for him. I didn't realize when I met him, he was like a superstar in France and in Europe. Legitimate superstar. Um, had a song called The Fool in 1971, I think. Um, I met him years later, I think it was 79. Uh, he walked into my studio in Fort Lauderdale. We really hit it off. We did a couple of quick demos that day or the next day just for fun. Um, it was, I think I just finished working with Neil Young or Melanie or somebody and was like taking a couple of weeks off to just chill. I needed to get caught up on sleep. So I'd go into the studio every day and watch MTV in the Musicians Lounge and just hang out and eat pizza and Philly cheesesteaks. So in he came and I fell in love with this guy. He's amazingly talented and uh, we worked together over a period of several months um, and then I didn't see him again until 1985 I was in Paris and connected with him and went to one of his concerts there and that's when I realized he was a legitimate superstar anyway just reconnected with him in Israel of all places uh, about I don't know five six months ago and it was like no time had passed we were always very close in the studio, got along well. Anyway, long story short, a French TV show um, is doing a, a piece on him. And uh, so I've gotten together with a couple of other old friends that are friends with him. And we unearthed, I'm looking for, oh, I put the quarter inch tape away. I've had for 43 years, I've had a quarter inch stereo um, tape of what we did together in the studio, but not the right kind of machine to play it on. Um, so one of the other guys, a, a friend of mine named Joe, uh, who's a guitar player and that stuff, happened to have a fifth, uh, seven and a half inches per second, quarter inch reel to reel that was kind of beat up over the years. Uh, it lost a little bit of top end and wavers in and out and stuff. Anyway, I transfer, he transferred to digital. He sent it to me. I'm going to play it, uh, at the end of today's show for better or for worse. Um, I have no idea who Peter Ben Susan, no idea. And Gilbert, right, Gilbert Montagnier. Anyway, uh, Gilbert and I now speak on the phone fairly regularly, and uh, it's great. So uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had in the studio. He and I had that, you know, Vulcan mind meld going on. It was pretty special. Anyway, let's have a listen Oh, moving a mouse, and I've got two computers in front of me, two laptops today. Oh, I want to also let you know, apparently uh, the laptop I'm playing the music off of, which is a pretty recent uh, MacBook Pro, it's either the headphone amp is going snap, crackle, pop, or the cable. So when I unmute the channel, are you hearing that? Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, so you're going to hear some of that today. Sorry, the new cable's on its way. It will be here tomorrow. Thank you very much, Amazon. And our first song of the day today is by Galia Arad. She's our featured artist this month on the Taxi website. 
Um, very talented lady. Uh, she's been around Taxi for many, many years and has accomplished many great things. Had her music placed in some great TV shows and films, I believe, and uh, well-known on the indie artist circuit and respected by all. So uh, there's Greg Carosa. He hears it. <laughs> all right, here we go. This is Together We Are Magical. You're so colorful And I've got my kaleidoscope And together we are magical Your tide is high, your waves are bold And I love going with the flow And together we are magical Pretty awesome, right? You can see why she gets a lot of placements. Um, boy, would that be great in TV commercials? Yeah, baby, I think so. You know, it's kind of reminiscent of Happy Clappy, but this might be Happy Snappy. <laughs> it's just, it makes you feel good. It's emotionally upbeat, right? And uh, nice tempo, just great. Um, oh, I saw something in there. Oh, somebody was talking about a pair of tannoys, uh, which I love tannoys. I don't love mixing on tannoys because they sound too pretty. But while we're on the subject of speakers, uh, about a month or so ago, I was watching the interview with Bob Clearmountain done by, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the, the guy with the white hair. Uh, anyway, he's interviewing Clear Mountain in his home studio, which has an SSL, like 48-in SSL, um, I think an E-series. Um, anyway, there are some monitors on the meter bridge. Uh, Bob Clear Mountain is like a top three mixer guy. You know, it's like 
any equipment he wants manufacturers to be more than happy to give him. Um, and he's got a pair of Yamaha. He was also the guy that really made Yamaha NS10s, which the guys right there with the white cones. He popularized those, I believe, back in the late 70, 79, 80, 81, they really started showing up all over the place, replacing JBL 4311s as the go-to near-field monitor. He was even famous for putting Kim wipe tissues over the tweeters to make them a little less harsh. All of us in like the pro audio world knew that they weren't sexy sounding speakers, but they were good utilitarian sounding speakers. And if you could make a, a mix sound good on those, it would likely sound good elsewhere. Anyway, Clearmount's being interviewed. The guy interviewing him, uh, who was from Sweetwater, says, by the way, I noticed the monitors on your meter bridge are Yamaha monitors. Tell me about those. He goes, oh yeah, those are Yamaha MSP7s. They didn't make them for very long. They do make an MSP5. That's still in production. Uh, doesn't get the greatest reviews, however. But the MSP7s, Clearmount says there's just something about them far superior to the NS10s. Um, the imaging on them is spectacularly good, and they weren't expensive. They were probably like 800 to 1,000 bucks a pair, and they're self-powered uh, when they were brand new some years ago. So I, And he said, the bummer is they don't make them, and you can't buy parts. So if you blow a woofer or a tweeter on it, you're out of luck. So just for giggles, I googled, giggle, Google, uh, very alliterative show today, no extra charge for that. And I found a pair on Reverb, for sale and I went I don't know this lady she's from South Florida Vocal Studios but we have a lot of friends in common being that I used to work in Florida at Criteria Studios so I reached out to her we got a little dialogue going and uh, I now have her Yamaha MSP7 sitting on my desk facing me um, I haven't raised them up they need to come up a little bit I need to uh, acoustically uh, isolate them Blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is I can't wait someday to do a mix on these things. The stereo imaging, which is why I went down this rabbit hole, the stereo imaging on these things is so scarily good. And they, I mean, she was selling these used. They were used in her vocal studio. Um, and she set them up probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago and didn't use them all that much. I mainly for playback probably to people um, to learn to sing to. Anyway, um, I gotta say, I think I'm in love. Um, I won't know until someday when I actually take the time to like mix a real song on it, but I'm very excited. Check them out, Yamaha MSP7s. If you can find a pair in good shape, consider buying them. You can probably pick them up for between $600 and $800 and they are worth every penny. I mean, Clearbound could be using Genelex, just like any, esoteric super expensive speaker what is he using these good enough for him good enough for me anyway all right next up we have um uh, oh this is a jazz piano trio instrumental from hoot gibson and i think i've got to bring the level up on this one if memory serves here we go
Oh, we have to applause. That was incredibly good. That wasn't a drum machine. <laughs> and definitely not a bass sample. That was really, really good. Thank you, Hoot Gibson, for sending that in. Um, might want to give it a title, Jazz Piano Trio. I mean, it, it certainly tells the listener what they're going to get. But yeah, work on the title a little bit. Um, Nancy Colell says, there's a pair of those monitors on reverb right now for 750 bucks for the pair. Okay. What's the question? Anyway, I love them. Uh, I'm just getting to know them and uh, haven't used them for anything, um, but you know, other than doing playback. And of course, I started by listening to Steely Dan Asia, which was what I always brought to different studios with me to test their monitors if I was doing an album out of my own studio. And um, it, it sounded incredible on these. And again, they're, I, I've got them mounted vertically right now. Um, I would prefer them horizontally with the woofers in the middle. I'd prefer to bring them in a little bit closer um, to get the right geometry going, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not an optimal listening situation because not set up in a studio. They're on my desk in my office, and I couldn't put them between me and the people that sit on the other side of the desk sometimes. So uh, even though they are suboptimally positioned, uh, and I haven't tuned them or anything, and they do have roll-offs um, in the speakers, which I doubt that I will use, um, and I've been running the music through my roadcaster straight through it, um, and uh, not affecting it in any way in the roadcaster. Anyway, sounds really good. Nancy says, not a question, just a way to get your attention. Um, <laughs> that's what my wife does every year on our anniversary. She dresses up like a pair of Yamaha MSP7s. Hey, baby, want to listen to my monitors? Um, I got to say, I do love speakers. I love wires. I love microphones. I really do. <laughs> Anyway, let's have a listen to the next one, which is called, oops, I'm going to take this one back to the top. Uh, here we go. This one is called Broadman. I mean, sorry, What We Do, and it's by Breadman. Get the levels reset. Here we go. Again, sorry for the hum and the buzz. That ice and I done paid the price for me to live my life. Just cash that more than you done made in one night. And yet you 
what's wrong, we can make it right Slow approach with caution Before you know it, yeah, we were both talking Far, far, thorough, baby, it's a small world I ain't here to judge you, I'm just living in my own world No run the heart in the ties, ain't done spinning Shining cameras in the windows of the stores Where your boy up in them Never worry what you say We at the bar popping bottles of Ducé We ain't worried about what you say Black Davis and Newsy Always in my business with me what I say, I say cool um i could easily see that placed in a lot of scenes in uh, tv but film in particular um it had a very like nighttime city lights vibe cruising down sunset boulevard or pch so california-ish now gosh i really don't think of myself as a californian uh, i really think of myself as a new yorker even though i grew up in a farm town illinois lived in miami and fort lauderdale for 10 years new york for six and la now for 30 five 36 years still don't think of myself as a californian somehow don't know why very pretty out here very hot last week a lot of hundred plus degree days but it's a dry heat so we love it um anyway Breadman, awesome piece of work very 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 usable um and like the vocal and whoever is asking in the chat room is that a stereo delay in the vocal i would say um yeah i would say that was a stereo delay on the vocal oh man i keep let i keep forgetting to stop this hmm let me solve that problem okay uh here we go this one's called the winner takes all this is by jesse barrent
I would just call it pretty straight ahead rock. I don't know that I, whoops, let me mute that noisy headphone app. Um, I don't know that I, it's pretty straight ahead rock. Uh, and I've got to say, you know, it's um, straight ahead enough that it kind of transcends an era to a bit, uh, to a degree. Uh, really, really good for um, sports television, probably. Winner takes all. Good thematically for that, certainly. And they love guitar riff-laden rock for sports TV. So there you go. That fit the bill. Um, and Darren Moss, in answer to your question about when we talk in the States about out there, yeah, for some reason, the West Coast, probably because it was populated later than the East Coast and people, you know, go West young man and all that stuff. Um, yeah, we are the left coast out here. And uh, it's funny, you know, how people make fun of California as being, you know, a, a bunch of avocado eaters, which might be true. Um, it's, it's the fifth largest economy in the entire world. So if you line up the economies of nations around the world, California on its own would be the fifth largest. Uh, maybe that's driven largely by Silicon Valley and all the tech stuff, I'm not sure. Um, a lot of wonderful things about this state, a lot of stuff that could use some fixing right now, but uh, yeah, they just came out with a mandate. I'm sure you guys heard this on the news. Um, like a week or 10 days ago, came out with a mandate that by 2035, all cars sold should be electric, which is awesome. I, I actually have a plug-in hybrid and I really like it. I wasn't planning on getting one, but the price was right and I'm glad that I got it and would absolutely buy another. Uh, the downside of everybody driving plug-in cars to California is our power grid is god-awful. And so if everybody had a plug-in car, they all plugged them in to charge them at night, we'd all be sleeping in darkness with no air conditioning, but our char cars might get charged. Anyway, so that's what it's like living out here. Um, let's see. It is a beautiful state, though. You know, got to say, California, geographically... Pretty awesome. All right, let's have a listen now to, this is a song called Weekend by World Is Watching. Let me unmute the noisy track. And here we go.
What is saturation? Saturation is too much level pushing things into the red and causing distortion. There was a lot of distortion, a lot of saturation sound. Um, I was looking at the levels and adjusting here, but the levels, uh, you know, on the mix bus of Wirecast were where other things have been today, and the level on the beautiful Roadcaster, um, those were actually, I've got brought the fader down on that and i wasn't even hitting the yellow on that so i think it was pretty much on the on the on the tape as us old guys say uh or we old guys if your english is good um but looking at the waveform uh in itunes or on the disco it's pretty beefy speaking of um saturation 
I don't know. You guys know I'm obsessive about watching television more about the music than the show, maybe, maybe in an unhealthy way. And I, I loved Game of Thrones. Uh, it was very late to the party on that. Deb and I watched it, I don't know, a year and a half or so ago and loved it. And so just recently started watching um, the new one, House of the Dragon, which is the, the prequel, 172-year prior prequel to Game of Thrones. Also excellent television. And I'm listening to the score and going, there's a lot of low-end saturation in the score. Um, it's a thing. I've been noticing it on more and more types of music that I'm hearing in TV. Uh, I'm even hearing it like on HGTV, the you know the like home repair channel or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. Excuse me, where they remodel stuff all the time and decorate stuff. Um, Deb watches that a lot, and sometimes I get sucked into it. And I've heard cues even on like shows like that that aren't using like a lot of heavy rock tracks where people are using maybe a light, breezy, acoustic instrumental, you know, like acoustic guitar, like a capoed up acoustic guitar, almost happy clappy kind of thing, but the bottom end has distortion on it. So it's a thing. Um, it's just so funny to me. Back in my day when dinosaurs roamed the earth, we spent all of our time avoiding distortion and saturation in the studio, and now they make plugins, tons of plugins, just to add it to it. I mean, we had the inherent, you know, like harmonic distortion that you would get using analog tape and tube stuff, but you couldn't really, really hear it. It was more of almost a feeling or a warmth that it added to it. Uh, but I, I, I beg to differ. I don't think the average person, I don't even think a lot of mix engineers who do it for a living can actually hear the tiny little bit of harmonic distortion. You can just hear the effect of something sounding better and warmer, like gushier in a good way. There's a technical term for you, gushy. Um, anyway, um, the times they are a change, and they sure are. Um, Ghetto plasters added the distortion. Uh, Mark Reel says, My nephew works at Universal and lives near your offices. My brother also lives in California with the unbearable heat. My sympathies are with you all. Believe me, if the heat is all we've got to put up with, there are people all over the world that have problems much, much, much worse than we do dealing with heat and little air conditioning. You know, we're pretty fortunate. Um, Anyway, there you go. Uh, let us listen to the next one. Oh, man, we are cruising right through these. We're halfway through already. <laughs> Waves needs a gushy plug-in. I'm sure they've got one. Um, I'm absolutely certain of it. You know what is amazing? We just did a cross-promotional thing with the, the excellent people at Waves. Last time I was in Israel, um, I went over to their office and um, really, really great bunch of people that we've been dealing with there. And they did a, a plug-in giveaway. They actually let me pick from like half a dozen different plugins. Which one do you think your members would like the most? 
and it was a delay plugin that was remarkably easy to use. I think that for a lot of beginners that delays take you down a rabbit hole and confuse people and they, they go, well, that's really cool. I just don't know how to use it in my song. And this thing was called Multitap, I believe. And it was just a rock solid, easy to use, great sounding. A lot of delays I don't think are that great sounding. This one was, and they were giving it away. And a shockingly low number of taxi members and people on our email list availed themselves of that opportunity. Um, the sad part is that I think Waves was prepared to do that on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, I haven't spoken to the gentleman who authorized that um, from Waves yet to see how they felt about the giveaway. If it was productive for them, I don't know where their bar is set, but uh, I will be disappointed that more people didn't take advantage of that. And if we can't run more promotions to give you guys some more cool stuff, bummer. Um, all right, Arturia, interesting. Um, maybe we'll have Arturia as a sponsor. They wanted to sponsor the Road Rally last year, but they contacted us so late in the game, couldn't quite get it together. And they said, please reach out to us this year, which I did. And as it turns out, the president of Arturia United States happens to belong to a very fine organization called Taxi just by coincidence. It's not like I gave him a free membership. He was already a member. Um, anyway, so hoping that they participate. Uh, we've got some really cool, interesting sponsors uh, lining up for this year's Road Rally. Apparently, the Taxi Road Rally has created quite a buzz over the years, and sponsors are gung-ho. Um, let's see if they sign on the dotted line, because a lot of people say, oh, I am gung-ho, and then when it's time to sign on the dotted line, um, the big problem, though, honestly, for a lot of companies is they want to write the check, but they can't get the manpower to come out and man a booth. Woman a booth? Person a booth? I don't know what the hell you say anymore. Probably going to get emails about that one. Anyway, they can't find people to man their booth, cover their booth, work at their booth. <laughs> I am like the least woke person you will ever meet, I think. Anyway, um, I, I've never seen this before. In the past, it used to be, yeah, we got to fly a couple people out, put them up in a hotel. It's expensive. They, they just don't have the staff right now. Um, I saw a, a burger place the other night. Uh, In-N-Out Burger had a sign in their window looking for counter help for $18 an hour to say, would you like fries with that? Pretty good, I think. Okay. Um, it is an expensive trip coming from Bali, but you know what, Chris? We have people that come from Australia, from Hong Kong, uh, South America. They come from all over the world. And the, one, the highest compliment I get every year from the Road Rally is, I flew 15 hours and spent $2,000 on my plane ticket to come from blah, 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 and it was worth every penny and then some. So there you go. Um, Anyway, all right, let's have a listen to the next one. This one's called Plaything, and it's by K.P. Wolf. Let me, oh, wrong mouse. Let me unmute the channel of buzz. Shoot. Here we go.
Plaything by K.P. Wolf. That's, whoops. And that is the headphone amplifier in a MacBook Pro crapping out. That's a lot of noise coming out of the thing. I don't have it cranked that loud. Um, yeah, there's great writing, great production, pretty much great everything going on there. Mikey likes it. Um, all right, the next one up is from Owen Gretsch, who was... Uh, frequently and still sometimes frequently found in the chat room here so Owen I hope you're tuning in today this is an instrumental track by Owen and it's called Sky Club sounds like uh, something you join through Delta Airlines doesn't it let's have a listen
too many buttons. Anyway, that was from Owen Gretsch. That was Sky Club. It felt like the sky. Very open, soaring. <sighs> um, <laughs> you guys are funny. Was it uh, Ken Messford is a subwoofer? What they call a dog in a submarine? Um, maybe. Okay. Uh, next up, we have one called Peak Low. Oh, I'm sorry. Peak Low is the artist, the taxi member. Don't go looking back. Let's have a listen.
Yeah, that was Don't Go Looking Back by Peak Low. <clears throat> uh, yes, Robbie Hancock, that's a taxi member, definitely. Um, they're all taxi members. Uh, I like that name, Peak Low. Um, <laughs> if Peak smokes weed, do they say Peak High? Oh. Hold on. No. <laughs> Uh, I entertain my own self. It's not easy being a star of a major TV show. <laughs> uh, damn. All right. And we're cruising right along today. Um, let's play the next one, which I'm going to butcher this. Uh, El Lenguaje de Perdón by Sanji Jimenez. Okay, I did my best. Um, all right, let's have a listen to this. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, yeah, you know, by the way, my levels on my voice are tipping into the red a little bit, but everything else just going into the yellow, which is where I always have it. Um, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of level on the waveforms here, but not like crazy amounts. Maybe people are just introducing more. By the way, the acoustic guitars on that last track sounded great. Reminded me of uh, what's the big Boston hit, the band Boston, More Than a Feeling. Um, had that really great sounding doubled acoustic part, which this had as well. Anyway, um, which reminded me uh, before when I was speaking about the new monitors I got, the Yamaha MSP7s that I'm falling in love with. Um, the woman who sold them to me is in the band Boston. She's the rhythm guitar player, keyboard player, and vocalist in Boston. And she's also um, has for many years toured with Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees, and she sings the Barbara Streisand parts. Uh, her name is Beth Cohen, and you can find her. She's a vocal coach, vocal teacher, um, working vocalist, working uh, everything. She's a, a, a human powerhouse and uh, really grew to like her as we were working out the deal for these monitors. Anyway, um, I think you can reach her at SouthFloridaVocalStudios.com. Um, she's a cool lady and she knows, she's friends with my friend who uh, is the general manager of Criteria Studios these days and uh, I was chatting with him the other day and he goes, oh yeah, she's the best, I love her. So there you go. So I can't wait for my next fishing trip to South Florida so I can take her out to dinner and thank her for selling me these lovely monitors. All right, next up we have, yeah, let's try this one more time. El Laguaje de Perdón by Sanji Jimenez. I'm so sorry, Sanji. <laughs> oh man. And here we go, unmute the noisy channel, and...
Wow. <laughs> there was nothing about that that we all didn't love, right? That was incredible. That was L. <laughs> How do you pronounce? Well, you can't pronounce it back to me. You can only say in the chat room. But uh, Ellie and Lenguaje de Perdón. Perdón. El Lenguaje del Perdón. I don't know what perdón means, but maybe the language of love? Just guessing. <laughs> oh, man. I took French 101 four years in a row and flunked it all four years. Um, so I'm the last guy who went translating anything, although this was Spanish, but I didn't take Spanish. All right, last one on the list, and then I'm going to play you a couple of demos that I recorded with the most amazingly talented artist I worked with in 1979 named Gilbert Montagnier. Um, okay, this one is called... Oh, why is... Th oh, <laughs> I've got too many mice going here. Um, this one's called Sweeter Than Chocolate. It's by Travi Austin Wright. Let us have a listen. Saturday night a light, couple drinks with my crow. Sipping on my gin until I laid out on you. Caramel 
their honey dip so rich I can't handle the sugar rush you're giving me Candy caught a fantasy Make me sing a sweet melody That ended sooner than I thought it would. I've got a mouthful of chocolate-covered coffee beans from Trader Joe's. Sorry, this is going to make noise. <laughs> anyway, that was really cool. I love the vocal phrasing on that. Uh, it was really cute and imaginative, very likable. Um, and loved the vocal phrasing. Really, really good. I'm not so sure that that song wasn't done some time ago. And definitely had some retro stuff going on. Curious to know if that was recent or older. All right. Let's give a copy of this fine book. Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting by Robin Frederick. Let's give one away. Um, still a classic. Still a bestseller. Everybody loves this book. Um, <laughs> I, I hope Robin's not watching today's show. Because when I got those new monitors, um, my desk is actually like a seven-foot dining room table made out of like Mexican pine carved dining table that we were going to sell or give away when we moved to a house that had a bigger dining room and this table looked too small. So I think it was Deb said, why don't you take it to the office? Use it for your desk. I am, and I love it. I don't know that I'd ever be able to sell this thing. I love it so much. Anyway. Um, it's a little warped in areas, so the speakers actually are sitting on the far side of the desk pointing at me, towed in, obviously. Anyway, the desk is a little warped over there, has a little bit of a down angle, so the monitors were actually blowing like into my chest instead of up at my ears. So I took two of Robin's film and TV books and used them to prop up the monitors and put them on a little bit of angle so they're blowing at my ears. Next time she comes over for a meeting, I'll have to take the books out from underneath. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. Um, Multi-purpose books. Anyway, let's give a book away. So here's what we're going to do. If you already have the book, um, please don't vote. And let's try and keep it kosher, kids. And don't hit plus one like five or ten times. Um, let's hit plus one one time and Liz will shut her eyes and scroll up and down the list and go bink um, and we will only mail these books within the United States and Canada because it's really expensive to send them outside of the US um, so there you go just saying that um, taxi chocolates we actually used to have taxi chocolates I've got a picture of them somewhere um, hold on, don't go away. We've got a lot of time. If I can find this in 30 seconds, I will show you the taxi chocolates. You'll be impressed.
How was that? That was more like uh, seven seconds, right? I didn't say start doing it yet. Hold on. Hold on. God, you guys. Taxi chocolates. Check them out. Actual little taxi cabs. <laughs> the photographer got pissed off at me because I ate one. And I said, no, it just shows they're really good. <laughs> All right. Now we can take care of voting. Um, all right, I'm going to count down from three, and when I get to three, two, one, then we're going to vote, um, or cast your plus ones, and um, Liz will pick somebody, okay? Three, two, one, now! Yeah, it actually costs more to mail the book to Europe than it does to buy the book. Um, if there's any way that we can get it there, we've tried in the past, and it's just ridiculous. Oh, here I can mute that noisy channel. For now, Um, Keith Lebrant, uh, Lebrant um, I mean, I think he's actually going to be part of the sequel. I don't think he can come to L.A. for the rally this year, which is disappointing and heartbreaking. But I'm sure I will have him do a panel or an interview for the Red Rally sequel on the Monday or Tuesday following. And I'm sure that they will once again sponsor the rally and have some sort of discount. I didn't know you were in Australia, Katrina. Yeah, you would think that there would be some. It's just Amazon doesn't deliver um, in a lot of areas, uh, and especially books, because they're heavy, especially this book. This thing's got to weigh like two and a half pounds. Great book. There is a digital ebook version, which is really extensive. It's like 900 pages of wonderfulness by Robin. The problem is we can't give that away. We're not allowed to gift that. Um, so that's a problem. We've tried everything that we can think of. Um, All right, let's see if Liz has picked a winner yet. Wow, a lot of Aussies in the house today. That's nice. 
the winner, Alex Dillon. Yay! Awesome. Congrats, Alex. Major congrats. All right. Now, because we still have a bunch of time left. Um, all right. As I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, in 1979, hang on, another visual aid. So in 1979, I just, I think I just finished working with Neil Young. Maybe it was Melanie or Cheap Trick. Actually, you know what? Cheap Trick had just been in like a week before um, because I believe that we ended up using the bass guitar from Cheap Trick, which was left behind in the studio waiting for, you know, Cartage to pick it up or something um, on what you're about to hear. So, um, I was just hanging out in the musician's lounge watching MTV, frankly, because I didn't have anything booked for a week. And uh, the door opens up and a gentleman walks in with another guy holding onto his arm. And the guy holding onto his arm was wearing sunglasses, so it didn't take long to figure out that he had lost his eyesight. And he's a rather diminutive gentleman, tiny, like 5'5", five, 5'3", five, five, I don't know, he's pretty small. Uh, and uh, they introduce themselves and he says, my name is Gilbert Montagnier and I, I am a recording artist. I would love to check out your studio, clearly from France. What he didn't say was that he was a huge, huge star in France and the rest of Europe. Very humble guy. And I, I've got to say like twice in my career have I ever met anybody who I believe was truly touched. Most people are born with some talent and have to nurture it and work at it and perfect their craft over many, many years. I believe that um, Gilbert uh, and Lamont Dozier, the only two people that I've ever met that were born with a gift from God. Um, I really truly believe that. and. Uh, Gilbert has been blind since birth, or at least when he was a very, very little, you know, baby. Um, anyway, so he walked out in the studio and like 35 feet away said, you know, is that the piano over there? The guy's blind. And I said, yeah. And he walks over and may I play it? And I said, yeah. And he started playing this song. And I said, whoa, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, so I, I called a drummer friend of mine. Um, he had a guy named with him, um, Joe Fleming, who also became a very dear friend, and I've reconnected with him. So this is 43 years ago. And, and we banged out two demos of these songs called Cold Drinks and I Wonder. And we did them both in a day. You know, basically just laid down the tracks, like, you know, did one or two passes, got a good track. Um, Gilbert hardly ever has to sing a vocal over, and I think we actually recorded the vocals live while he was playing the track, um, and then just overdubbed background vocals, which is largely, if not entirely, him singing backgrounds, and we overdubbed a lead guitar in one of them, and that was it. So at the end of the day, like I always do, I just run a quick rough mix of whatever is up uh, on the console. And uh, so I did uh, for each of those songs. And then um, I ended up uh, engineering and producing some bigger, you know, stuff. 
um, with him. And then he moved back to France. And uh, when I, I just saw him in Israel about six months ago, first time I've seen him since 1985. And he hugged me and said, thank you, you saved me. And I'm like, for what? And another mutual friend just told me that the stuff that I did with him in Fort Lauderdale that year got him, basically put him back on the charts and stuff. So anyway, I found this tape, not that long ago. I call it the Gilbert's Greatest Hits, Volume 1. I was just being funny when I wrote that. Anyway, this is a safety, which means it's one generation away from a master. Um, and I've got the song I Wonder on here and Cold Drinks, which you're about to hear, and then a couple of real productions. Anyway, these are just quickie demos. Um, they come from a quarter-inch tape that's seven and a half inches per second, meaning low quality, like practically cassette quality. Um, the tape hadn't been touched in 43 years by the gentleman who found it recently. There's all kinds of noise on it and some, you know, top-end stuff going in and out. It's a crap. <laughs> it's a crap show. <laughs> Enough excuses. Anyway, you'll hear his talent on this. Um, and I'm going to have to adjust the levels because the level's really, really low on this tape that I was sent. Anyway, here is Cold Drinks by Gilbert Montagnier. Um, ah, no, that's not what I wanted. <sighs> Frustrating. Nothing's easy. Let me know how the level is. We got cold drinks in the fridge and some sunshine on our window. We got cold drinks in the fridge and on the floor, five or six pillows. We go shopping right down.
Yeah, so that was um, basically a live take. He's that good. Uh, amazing. When I saw him in 85, uh, my first wife and I were in Paris, and he invited us to go see his concert that he was doing in, in Nice like two days later. So we flew down uh, with the band on the band plane, and I overheard two background vocalists standing by the restroom going, oh, there's a famous American producer on board. I'm going, yeah, that's me. That's me. Anyway, it was a great stroke of the ego. Um, but I just knew him as my little buddy Gilbert. I mean, we became very close. And I knew he was a star. I didn't realize that he was that big a star. And man, when we saw him in concert, wow. First of all, before, uh, like during sound check, he paces out how many steps it is from a starting point backstage. Uh, and then to the grand piano. And when they announce him, he runs across the stage, runs, and jumps up and lands on top of the grand piano. And the audience leapt to their feet, screaming, Schubert, Schubert, and did not sit back down for the next two and a half, three hours. It was amazing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, that was recorded 43 years ago in basically one pass. So this next song you're gonna hear was also done the same time. It's called Cold Drinks. It was about the apartment that he was living in. He was living in a dumpy little apartment in Fort Lauderdale, even though he's a major star. And he was playing piano bars where people were literally putting tips in a brandy snifter. Nobody had any idea who he was. And he was trying to get a deal in America. He couldn't get arrested. I saw many of you guys saying, oh, I don't detect any French accent. Um, but American labels, the one, the A&R people I sent it to are like, nah, this guy's too French. Um, anyway, uh, you will hear a lot of tape degradation for the first minute of this song. I don't know if it was laid next to a magnet, a speaker, or got exposed. Who knows? Um, but then finally it, the fidelity kind of kicks in. Anyway, this is... Mr. Gilbert Montagnier doing I Wonder. Bzz.
Yeah, very much like a French Elton John. Um, anyway, yeah, that was Deb and I out to dinner with uh, Gilbert and his lovely wife, Nicole. And I'm telling you, the two of us, um, it, it was like two brothers that hadn't seen each other for 40 years getting back together. Um, and now we keep in regular touch. Uh, he splits his time between um, uh, Paris and he's got an apartment in Tel Aviv. And uh, for this past year, uh, I was actually in Israel like four times and uh, we were about 20 minutes away from each other, which was pretty awesome. So I'm sure I'll be seeing a lot more of him in the future. And someday, when I get a little extra time, I can't wait to go back into the studio with him. Got to remember, this stuff was done, you know, like that was not done on an Eve or an SSL. It was done on a real console, on an MCI console. Um, but, you know, we didn't spend a week setting up the room. I had, at the time we did this, I think I just sent a bunch of gear back because I just finished working on some big projects and probably just had the standard basic gear in the room, which is like four compressors, uh, my live reverb chambers, um, a Lexicon primetime digital delay, which I hated and barely ever used. Um, not a lot of stuff, you know, this is pretty organic. Anyway, um, he's he is a gifted writer and a gifted singer. Oh, I, I said to him, you know, Gilbert, uh, I live very close to Stevie Wonder. Our office is actually very close to Stevie Wonder, like literally several hundred feet away, I think, on the other side of a row of trees. And uh, he goes, oh, I know Stevie. <laughs> and I said, what, all you, all you blind musician guys are like all in a club? And he goes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, anyway, just... Yeah, it's been so great to reconnect with him, and uh, maybe someday I'll have him on Taxi TV. Anyway, guys, here we are, the end of our 90-minute show. Um, and for next week's show, I'm going to have a, a, a guest who's a taxi member, has been for a long time, named Jeffrey Steinman who is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. Definitely like a member of Mensa's, uh, is that how you say Mensa, um, like the club for geniuses. <laughs> There's a country club I won't get an invite to anytime soon. Uh, and, and he, his day job, you know, he's like builds stuff for the military, um, designs and builds stuff. I don't know what kind of stuff, but it, whatever it is, it's top secret and we'll never know. And he is an accomplished musician. I had him on the show probably like three or four years ago, and I think he had a booth at the rally back then. He did a horn library that just sounded amazing because he just wasn't happy with uh, what he was hearing in other libraries. So he's now done a drum sample library that uh, he says is for really serious people who really want like the sound of the drum, not what the library, the company building sample library thinks drum should sound like on today's hit records, but for people that really want the sound of the actual drums. So he built like an anechoic chamber in his house and went out and bought a, a drum kit that's like more expensive than my car. Um, it's amazing because I own like a Ferrari. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but he, he bought a really expensive drum kit, really expensive microphones, really expensive like preamps, and, and 
So I'm really curious. He's going to debut some of these samples um, and, and talk about uh, what, uh, why he did this and what he did. And let us hear some of the samples. And I think that he'll be selling it at the Road Rally, uh, I hope. Anyway, so that's it. Um, let me bring that noisy fader down. Um, great seeing you guys. And I uh, can't believe we are... A mere whatever it is, like seven weeks away from the road rally. It's coming together really, really well. I also want to let you know, if you haven't booked your hotel room, you need to book your hotel room at the Westin LAX soon, like now. Um, we actually downsized our block of rooms because we thought we weren't going to get much turnout for this year's rally. We thought we'd be at like 50 or 70 percent. So it turns out, our numbers are actually beating, considerably beating the 2019 numbers before the pandemic. Um, so we're very excited. So I'm now seeing if I can get my room block back again, but we were, um, last time I checked, we're easily 100 room nights over 2019 for same number of days out. And we're also um, at least, probably more than this, but at least 10% more people registered for the rally. At one point, we were like 30%, and we've only sent out like two emails about it. So yeah, it's time for me to do a little more promotion, but seriously, if you're coming, book your rooms now. I found out that the uh, La Quinta Inn, which is the cheaper place across the street, and believe me, you do not want to be crossing Century Boulevard at night. Um, Crime in L.A. has gotten pretty bad. You're in a bubble at the hotel. You take a shuttle right from the airport directly to the hotel. Um, but Century Boulevard has always been a little dicey, and it's more dicey now. But um, I found out, like, Wednesday or Thursday last week that some people overflow into La Quinta across the street. Their rooms are just about as expensive as the Westin because the Westin discounts so well for you guys that the cheaper hotel, which ain't that nice, across the street is already sold out and damn near the price of the Westin. So there you go. Um, I will see you next week. And uh, that's it. Thanks for watching another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Bye-bye, you guys. Keith LeBrant.